begins with this gate drop. What is going on? Welcome to episode 76. I believe it is. I can't count that high. I only have four fingers and two thumbs. So that's trying to teach my kids digits. So welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to try to go over some 450 Supercross review action. Tiller has went and outdone himself again. I keep telling him he needs to slow down because now we're expecting way too much out of him. Uh, <laughs> but he's got a great show lined up for you guys. Uh, as always, please do not forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Jesse tells me there's some weird new Facebook things with bells and whistles or something like that that whistles. works kind of like YouTube where you got to click that thing. It lets you know all the fancy stuff. Um, you know it's fancy without being fancy, though? Is that Bro Taco hot sauce, man? Hot sauce. Oh, yeah. BroTacoFoods.com, code PTTG for 20% off. Sean just posted on his Facebook. It just notified me that he posted. He made chicken wings that he put some of the brat seasoning on, and then he deep fried them, and then he did tossed them in, or no, he brap seasoned them, oven, tossed them in some brap sauce with some like garlic powder and salt and pepper deep fried them and then redunked them in the brap dude and it it sounds amazing and it's making my mouth water sitting here in front of this screen while he's there making some bomb chicken wings i was full five minutes ago and now i'm already hungry just because of that right and it's uh so head on over to pro taco hot sauce at protacofoods.com and get you some of this fine i i don't even know how to describe wrap sauce the sauce for everything dude get you I some wrap sauce everything in the past two weeks oh yeah the avocado uh sauce works great on all the breakfast stuff and if mm -hmm. i'm doing anything with like ham or pork i go after the pineapple man oh yeah the pineapple and the pork's the bomb oh yeah 100 percent also, please don't forget to stop over at sunstar-breaking.com. Get you some sprockets, get you some chains. They got brake pads, brake rotors. They got a bunch of stuff going on there. Uh, email support at support at sunstar-breaking.com. Use anything to do with PTTG in the email, and we'll be sure to get you hooked up with 30% off of your entire order. Uh, also, a big shout out to Nova Pro Media, Nova Pro, making sure that all my button clicks and hotkeys and all that stuff works, hooking us up with cool backgrounds, bunch of captions, the website. I mean, they do awesome stuff. So, killing it. Yeah. And also, speaking of the website, don't forget to stop over at Power the Number Two, theground.com. That is power to the ground.com and get ready for some pickups. We're getting ready to go outdoor racing here pretty soon. And I cannot wait. You might've noticed that we got the background all changed around. She's looking a little muddy and there's some trees. It's time yes. to go racing. I know. Oh, I can't wait. Days. Oh yeah. Just the number that? makes it feel so close. Oh yeah. So close yet. So far away. Yeah. One more Speaking Saturday. 
Speaking of one more Saturday, did you see that uh, they just threw up that some of the uh, some of the places already got tickets for sale? I think it's like Iron Man, Red Bud. Those are the ones that are close to me. So those are the ones I always look for, uh, and a couple other of the uh, the stops in the season. They already got tickets for sale. So yeah, I saw that in the in my email adventures today that I was telling you about before the show. That was one of the things I've saved that I can't wait to actually read is to go oh, ahead yeah. and look at those Iron Man. Because I think I think we've decided that we're going to try to do try to do Iron Man this year. So I need to Hell look yeah. into that and get that figured out ASAP. For sure. That's uh I think I'm gonna try to do Iron Man and Red Bud. We'll see. We'll see how, how the rest of the world kind of lines up with my schedule. You know, so that's uh <laughs> yeah. I've missed I've missed it uh a couple years in a row, but I want to get back up to Red Bud and then uh I'll always be at Iron Man, whether it's a GNCC an area qualifier or a pro national. Iron Man is just down the street, so I definitely try to get over there for all that. But the Ironman GNCCs are off the chain. There is more people there just signed up to race than what show up to the whole national. Wow. It's insane. You got to park like a mile and a half away. Sounds like a good weekend. Wants to raise gas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it always smells great. Other than that, Feel free if you are listening to us live, whether you are on YouTube or Facebook, jump in the comments section. We will try to get to them as fast as possible. Um, sometimes we don't want to break the train of thought, uh, especially me. If I break my train of thought, I get all lost and forget what I was talking about. So uh, we will circle back. Please be patient with us. But other than that, we have the 450 review. Are you ready to do this? Because I'm kind of ready. Let's jump in and talk about it before before we forget about it. It was definitely interesting kind of going back through some of the numbers. Um, oh, sorry. Look, talking about comments. I got distracted immediately. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. So, yeah, uh, it was interesting trying to relive some of the moments about the 450s, you know, because we had the – I think we talked about the 250s that it's, it's an interesting scenario – with the 450s versus the 250s because you got the same guys, the same players, all 17 rounds, and you don't have to split it up, um, you know. And yeah. it just it was a little bit easier to re- relive some of it. And then also you forget about as fast as the season kind of went by from start to finish and even with the breaks, you know, looking back at some of the stuff like uh, after Orlando 2, there was that little bit of a break, you know, between there and Daytona. And then right there was when we lost some of the guys, um, two of the bigger players that we could talk about. Um, but yeah, there were pieces that felt like it was easy to remember. And then pieces that felt like it was just hard to, hard to recall and realize that it was already, you know, it's already been so long ago since it happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can, we can start at the top. Um, you know, the big thing, the big thing, obviously, Cooper Webb won his second uh, championship. Coop. Um, and Kenny did not win his first one. Dang. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so Cooper Webb finished the championship with 388 points. Um, Kenny finished in second with 353, and Eli finished with 326. Um, whereas in 2020, the points were Tomac finished with 384. 
Webb had 359 and Kenny had 354. We the almost the same amount of points he had this year, but obviously it was a little bit uh well it felt closer until right there at the end. Um it's just interesting how after I remember we even talked about it at the beginning of the season when you, we were eight, nine rounds into it, and we were talking about the number of different top fives we had, and it, we, we were starting to have different winners, and it seemed like the championship points could play out completely differently than the way they normally did, where it was just the same, you know, one or two guys ended up swapping the podium so that the points totals are going to end up being about the same. You know, nobody was really stealing points by winning when they didn't need to, um, except for second to last round. <laughs> um, yeah. And, when Marv took that one home. Um, Marv needed it more than anybody else, though. Yeah. Yeah, after the the season he had, um, it was that those last two rounds were definitely a a switch around for him compared to uh, some of the off rounds. Or he had, I think he had probably, he would say, and I don't think it's too hard to say that he had more off rounds than he had on rounds. Um, even if you take out the two that he didn't race at the beginning of Arlington. Um, yeah. So congrats to, to Webb on his, on his second championship. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into him a little bit more when we get down there. Um, but yeah, so just kind of general championship. It was, it was an interesting one. We started out the, this was one of the ones where it was at the beginning, we were all saying, okay, maybe this is really, Hashtag deep field. You know, there's, there's plenty of different championship winners, everything out there. Um, all the riders, how, you know, how hard is it going to be for some of these privateers to make it in with so many winners? You got, even if you consider the second tier factory teams like Rocky Mountain or uh, MCR Honda, you know, how much room is there going to be for real privateers in the field? Um in the first few rounds, it was looking real hard for that. But then afterwards, you know, it thinned out when we lost Zacco and AC. Those, both of them at round eight was their last race in Orlando too. And uh, those two didn't come back. Um, we missed Sexton for from rounds three to uh, eight. He was gone. He came back at nine uh, where he started putting on some performances Brayton missed uh eight and nine was there uh or no eight nine yeah was there at round 10 at the beginning of Arlington and then he was out for the rest of the time um you know so then we, there was definitely some opportunities for some of the privateers to fill back in but definitely it still wasn't uh wasn't as easy for the privateers to fill in with, with the field that we had, um, out there, you know? Yeah. Four fifties are definitely top heavy. Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially compared to the two fifty East coast this year. Um, yeah, it really feels like it, but I, I definitely think this year it was, <clears throat> it was hard to do it, you know, for the privateers to get in, but you know, towards the end of the season, as some of those other guys fell out, you know, um, it was easier for them to get in. And then some of them really started getting consistent in there. And we can talk about the privateers at a, a few rounds too. Um, yeah. But uh, let me think. And then we got, 
we lost Marty Davos to an early retirement, slightly early retirement. He was apparently planning on retiring anyways. Um, but he, he had a hell of an interesting season where it looked like, I remember I thought he was going to do really well this season um, at the beginning of it. And he just kept losing his front end, losing his front end. And he had one really good round. And then it was just disaster after disaster relatively for him. And yeah, it was a real kind disaster of a, and forced his retirement early. It was, it was a weird season for him. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I, I don't know if it was necessarily bad except for like the wrecks, but I, I, like results wise when he wasn't wrecking, I don't think it was overly bad, but at the same time, it just didn't feel like the normal Davalos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, especially not like the the Davalos that showed up to Atlanta last year. Yeah, you know that's the guy that we we knew there was potential of. Um, and you look at his results, and it's you know speaks for himself. You know he finished in top of the top ten, or inside of the top ten one time. He had a tenth, and then the other time was the ninth. Uh, everything else was after that because he he went down every race, if not multiple times, over the course of a night show. Yeah, um, you know, and then and then we had guys like which we talked on. You know, uh, I mean, Zacho even when he was there was odd. He had a couple yeah. of rounds at the beginning where it looked like he really, really had the speed. You know, especially like in Houston. But then he had some weird accidents. And we we're like, okay, you know, maybe it's, it's whatever. You know, people are having accidents. Um, Man, that was, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what was up with Zacho. He just couldn't string it together. But it's, uh, I mean, I've said it a lot, except for a couple flashes last year. I mean, he's, I've always seen him more as an outdoor guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I mean, he does supercross and he's pretty good at supercross because he, he practices a lot and he's just a super talented rider. But I think most of his natural talents go towards, outdoors more than it does indoors mm-hmm. so we'll see how it goes yeah i well yeah, yeah if yeah when we get around for our previous show i'm sure we'll, we'll touch on it but um i'm a little a little worried about his his outdoor prospects just because of his back and maybe that had something to do with why he wasn't performing right at the beginning outside of the whole air shock on the the ktm group bikes maybe that wasn't jiving with him too well maybe his back was just causing him to be off just a few percent to where he was making him helping him or causing him to make mistakes. Cause he just wasn't, I don't know. Yeah. Up to speed I mean, or whatever. I don't know if, if you do have existing injuries, I think being on a team that is trying to reinvent the shock literally mm-hmm. is probably not the team that you want to be on. Mm-hmm. If you have existing injuries, you know, um, that's kind of a conversation for another thing too. Cause I think KTM definitely shoots themselves in the foot trying to chase this thing around for, it seems like years now, but I mean, Coop was running, uh, well, he was running just your, your standard coilovers, right? He wasn't running the air shock or anything like that. I think he switched to the air shock around Daytona time or no, from the air shock around Daytona time. It was Orlando one or two where he went back to the spring shock and then in Daytona, supposedly he was on the air shock again. And then after that went back to the spring shock for the rest of the rounds. If I remember. Yeah. Correctly. 
So when the when the going got tight, man, he <laughs> he was like, I don't know about the air shock. Yeah, it was, it was that idea of like, you know, it's the same conversation you have just in general about suspension settings. Like you literally won on this shit last year. Like why would you go trying to to reinvent it? You know, you've you've got a small window there, and I get it. They're all playing within a very small window, but yeah, I don't know if you if you if you're not walking into round one being like, damn, this is this is some good stuff. Um, then maybe you just kind of go back to what worked last time, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it paid off for him. Yeah. So. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you, you talk, uh, AC flashes of brilliance, but then AC on the 450 so far, all we've seen is flashes of brilliance and uh, O's. Um, yeah. Granted, he had a pretty good outdoor season last year. Uh, he was, he was up there. Um, but he also had his, his moments like we talked about um and, uh, yeah i mean uh anything just general championship feels other than you know before we kind of get into maybe some specific writers and talk i mean most of my stuff is specific i think okay. like overall i think it was a it, it was a fun year it was a fun year to watch i mean mm-hmm. All of us here had great conversations. Some of them we were like, they were definitely like, what was he thinking style conversations. Some of them were were definitely like in-depth style conversations about like, well, if this happens and this could happen. And blah. there was definitely no shortage of, of entertainment from a everyone from a casual fan all the way up to, you know, like a, a super fan Dylan type mm-hmm. type individual. So I mean, overall, it, like just paint a broad picture. I think it was it was a a good series. I think I think we ended up with a couple more fans coming out of the season than we had going in, especially with the uh, the super speedway rounds. I mm-hmm. think that is a a great addition that I hope they continue to build on. Bring them back. Yeah, add more. You know, don't just bring those ones back. Let's let's bring the whole thing back. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's build it. Um, I honestly feel like that might be more of the style that these bikes and riders need. Uh, when we were talking about like the evolution of the sport, I think that was a great insight into what we might need. Almost like hybrid tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I'll be interested to see how that goes. Um, I have heard that they are talking the evolution of the tracks. So maybe that's a glimpse into our future. One can only hope, you know, especially, yeah, especially like somebody like me where I'm much more of an outdoor fan than I am a supercross fan. Mm -hmm. Um, Those, those tracks definitely fit my fancy a little better, you know, and we didn't see nearly, it, it wasn't death cross as old filthy Phil calls it, you know, when we were there, those guys could get a lot of really good racing done through the course of the night, as opposed mm-hmm. to, okay, we can only pass somebody in this corner and we can only pass somebody in that corner. And eh, I don't know. So, but on the flip side, there were some completely bullshit tracks. Um, I don't know how else to describe them. Yeah. Um, especially like at the beginning and then um what was the one 
was it Arlington where they couldn't, we ended up with like two tracks back to back or Orlando. Orlando was the one where the, they just didn't get around to changing the second one. Yeah. Or they, the layout didn't get changed at all because of the rain yeah. or rain, you know, flooding yeah. rain. Yeah. So it was, I mean, there were definitely some, uh, some letdown tracks too. I mm. think the, uh, the Indy one with that huge double across the start line. I think that was a cool addition, but there was too much other stuff in the way. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't put it right next to the flag stand and the media tower so that you have a little bit of a jump off room, mm. which we saw caused a big issue. I think it yeah. should have maybe been the other way on the other side, but I don't know. What are you going to do? Live and learn, I guess. You know. well, that's the thing is I hope they and I think I've said it before, you know, I hope that the all these things that they're doing, they're taking the feedback that people are definitely being pretty vocal about and they're they're learning from it. You know, if, if we go into next year and it all of a sudden goes hundred percent back to the normal supercross that we're used to, I'd be a little a little disappointed that they didn't pick something up from these past two years and these crazy schedules we've had. Oh yeah. Um, schedules and tracks, you know. The schedules I don't mind it. Um it did really suck having that long break. It felt like forever mm-hmm. um, because you're used to kind of weekend, 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 weekend. Um, it, I get it as like the riders and the teams. It's always nice to be able to to go home for a little bit and kind of recuperate. But it's uh, – I'm not really – I'm not against it. You know, I give me – time to do other stuff in my life rather than just dirt bikes <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's the thing i like about the having at least like one or two weeks where you got three rounds in there maybe it was the nice that it, you know for somebody like you and i who who really try to catch them live when it's yeah reasonable you know um oh yeah that it's nice to feel like we have a Saturday where it's like, Oh, you know, I actually like, I, I'm not going to feel bad if I miss a, a live race. Cause there's not one, you know? Yeah. Uh, like outdoors coming up. I was looking at, I was like, Oh cool. We've got like, you know, a good four to six Saturdays, I think between the start and the finish that we're like, there's not a race, you know, so we yeah. have to like dedicate ourselves to paying attention to outdoors right in the middle of the day on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, that's what was hard about the Tuesday races. Also, I'm fortunate enough that I can stream the races at work, but I can mm-hmm. see where that would be a major issue. Um, to somebody that is a fan, uh, you know, like yourself, I'm, I'm sure your uh, your coworkers would not greatly appreciate that hearing whoever's voice, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. If I didn't have the, the ability to, either you know work from home on those days and stream it or you know close my office door and do it if i was at the office those days that would have been a little bit of a downside but also saturday tuesday saturday was like an awesome filler of of action you know oh, yeah that tuesday night and like you get home on well, a tuesday night and excitement and then come back and it's there again on saturday so when i did that saturday tuesday couch cross saturday for the indie rounds man it was by the following Sunday, I was like, I don't even know what's going on. It, like, there's so much races that happen in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. But it was awesome, you know, especially being at two of them and then doing the couch cross for the third. It was it was an experience that I doubt I will have 
more in the future. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Unless I just randomly rent like a G6 or something and start flying to all the rounds, you know, like I don't, yeah. which that's not happening. No. You know? So, I mean, it was a great experience. If I could do it again next year, for sure will. Um, it's just hard. It's hard on the pocketbook as well as like, I have to make sure that I can get that, like, especially the Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, I got to get that off work, man. There's no way that I can make it back and mm-hmm. forth um but i don't know it's uh we'll see like what did you guys think of the schedule you know um or what was your favorite round to watch personally i think uh the atlanta rounds all three of them were some of my favorites to watch um and overall i like the schedule you know i thought it was a it was a good schedule um kept the guys on their toes. Uh, the two fifty schedule was, um, for another lack of a good word, complete bullshit. You know how let's race one coast halfway through and then they're off for what, like eight weeks and Mm -hmm. then we'll race the other coast. That that's got to suck for them. And then you have to come back and do only one supercross race before you switch everything back over to outdoors you know that's uh that wasn't very cool but what are you gonna do you know definitely an odd season for planning at the the coast on the 250s that's for sure uh there's a fair amount of drama on that oh yeah Um, yeah they flip-flopped like three or four times man mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah so you know general championship stuff um I had, uh, let's see, I'd made some one note for myself before we get into, you know, some real specific, like individual guys was, uh, for me, I was trying to think of, you pointed out I'd mistakenly written like standout performance yeah. for me because it, it like, it felt kind of standout, but I realized like, okay, maybe it wasn't that many of a standout, but for me, like a personal surprise performance based on, um, again, this is all me personal and how I felt about the rider in is, a you know, as a rider, as a person before the season um, and kind of what I expected them to go on into it. I was impressed with the results that uh, Savachi put out. Um, oh yeah. On there. I remember when he, I still remember what I was doing when I saw the announcement that he was going to be on that team this year uh, on the KTM team. And I was just like, I, we had what, like really? a two or three day discussion about it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was not, I was not excited about it. I was just like, I, I don't know, I, it wasn't, it wasn't there, you know. I, it could have been like a recency bias for like maybe I just, obviously, you know, thinking back on it, he definitely had. It's hard for us to like put ourselves in those guys' shoes, but for somebody like him who, you know, had some pretty good career opportunities. Then all of a sudden he got, you know, he hurt his foot like that and then did not race at all last year for that. Um, I mean, I guess that there was a year to miss out on racing last year was probably the one, but for him to not be able to race last year and really not have anything lined up after, you know, losing well, the Cowie ride. Um, it's also hard because you hear about his attitude from a lot of people too. His yeah, and that, and that was part of what killed me. So I was like, I, you know, guys, guys in that kind of position, like if they can't, I'm not saying that everybody's got 
the, the perfect attitude setup or, you know, um, mental kind of mindset to handle that. And some people work through stuff differently, but you know, is for him as much as it seemed like a, what he put out there and what people said, you know, about him and his attitude, I just didn't, I was like, I don't, I don't think you get to, this is not going to sound the best, but it's like, I don't think you get to be a professional, you know, dirt bike rider, supercross racer, um, and have that kind of attitude, you know, not to say that they don't deserve bad days, but you know, I just, and so I had a, a lot of like personal negativity towards him justified or not. I, and, um, I didn't think he deserved that ride necessarily considering how many other guys were out there this season that were, you know, like hunting for rides, really good rides. Oh, yeah. Um, especially that. And so for him to come out and put together the, the season he did after not, you know, racing professionally for a full year, um, I was pretty excited to see him be, a a pretty consistent guy. I mean, he finished 10th in the, in the series and I don't even think I gathered, let me see, I did not gather his averages so but yeah so his average finish was a 10.8 yeah was so 10th to 11th is where he it was his uh average qualifying average start average finished all 10 point something um and out of this field i think for him to jump back in and do that to me and the way he presented himself as a rider you know for to show up for his sponsors and his team like that i for me i think uh Savachi was kind of the guy. I'm not saying he was the one that I wanted to be at all. You know, I was hoping maybe Shane would would get it together and come out and kick it this year because I kind of had a, um, you know, he's a local guy for me. Um, so I've always kind of had a, uh, he's been a favorite. But I was, you know, I was, yeah. there were plenty of other guys I was really hoping to see do well. And for Savachi to be the guy that kind of impressed me the most is a little, a little interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I definitely see that. It's usually when I, well, I saw that it said standout. So I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, he's a 10, 12 guy every week, like literally, yeah. which is really good considering like everything that he has to endure, both from external sources as well as internal sources, you know. Um, so, it, I mean, when you put it that way, yeah, he, he, just looking at the numbers, he didn't miss a beat, you know, he, it's like he never left, you mm -hmm. know, so it's, uh, putting it that way, I, I can definitely feel that. Like my standout performances are, I, I can't just nail it down to an individual person on the 450s. It's, uh, like I just have to go to the star team in general, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, those dudes came out from having what could arguably be the worst 450 in the field, especially considering it's a factory ride, having one of the worst bikes in the field to being pretty good contenders throughout the year. You know, um, they're another one, you know, it was, there wasn't really anything to cheer for in Yamaha, you know, and they went through and pretty much gutted everything and brought it all back. And I think that's, uh, that's a, what they needed and B they went about it in a, uh, in a smart manner, trying to hook like 
AP and Dylan up with their uh, like their old mechanics and, and and stuff like that. I think that's a that was a great heads up move by those guys to kind of rebuild with with some young guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, if we, yeah, we're gonna yeah, we'll touch on those guys later because I did some some comparisons yeah. for them that we can touch on. But yeah, I have to point out, like you said, yeah, everything about that whole the star, what they did, um, you know, really given. For Dylan to jump into a same-ish team for him, but what is still an effectively a new factory effort. Um, you know, it's not like they didn't understand Yamaha or anything, but you know, for it still to be a, a new 450 effort for them was was pretty good. Um, and yeah, AP, Mookie, Dylan. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see where Mookie, um, where he kind of lands. You know, I that's heard, one of uh, the more like personally exciting uh, uh, ones. I'm, I'm, I mean, there's a lot of exciting silly season stuff that's going to happen between now and October. But Mookie, seeing what happens with Mookie, and maybe he might actually end up doing something for outdoors um, versus yeah. just not doing anything outdoors this season. I'm just really excited to to see what he wants to commit to and see what he's willing to put effort into because you know we've seen what he can do. Yeah, and it's, uh, I think. The biggest thing with Mookie is a he does not like riding outdoors, and I think that has a lot to do with him getting severely dehydrated and, and messing up his kidneys. Mm-hmm. Um, but b he hasn't really done it since his two fifty days, man. Um, mm-hmm. When he was riding, uh, what was that Honda? I think he was he was still on Hondas in his two fifties. I think he was still a triple digit guy the last time I saw him outdoors. It's like one thirty something, but I remember him messing himself up real bad with some health issues, uh, doing outdoors. And I think something like that kind of hangs out in the back of your brain, man. So I think he, he plays it off. Like, I just want to go fishing all summer, blah, blah, blah. But like I said, I think that's a playoff. Um, Mm -hmm. I, and I just think that he is he's afraid of what happened to him before and I can't blame him. That's some scary shit. Like he got dehydrated so much that he almost went into kidney failure. Dude, like that's scary, man. So he was 2014 on a 450 on a 450. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that's six going on seven years ago yeah that's not that's not uh not easy yeah yeah yeah, he had he was on a 450 2014 outdoors and then he did two more years of 250 supercross but that's yeah 450 in 2014 was last year he did outdoors yeah i think i think mookie would do great outdoors as long as he can do the two 30 minute motos i think he would do excellent and now fitness levels from supercross to motocross isn't even in that that's like being good at triple a ball and thinking that you're going to go up and be the best at like mlb mm-hmm. you know i mean the the fitness pro like it's just not even the same you know so it's if he was in shape to race outdoors and he was pretty sure he wasn't gonna kill himself both like figuratively and uh literally 
I think he would, has the potential to be a contender outdoors. You know, I mean, he's got great speed. He can handle the bike very well. Um, but I don't know if we're ever going to get to see it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I'd also heard some rumors that he was in talks with Rockstar as well. Hmm. Could be interesting. Now those are just rumors. And so far, the only rumor that we have heard that turned out to be true was Mathis with Tomac to Yamaha. Well, which we're still waiting for the the blue half of that rumor to be confirmed. Yeah, which it's hard not to. It's hard not to. But yeah, all we know for a fact is that he is not going back to. Well, we also know Kawasaki next year. Yeah, we also know that it hasn't been denied yet either nope so nope. made a point to <laughs> not confirm nor deny yeah uh, that so so i think it's be? a uh it's a it's a pretty good possibility yeah. but that's uh yeah. that's for the preview show man that's mm-hmm. uh we're getting sidetracked again anyways it's, yeah it's story of our lives man <laughs> yeah i know right um let's rock and roll into um some of the riders you want to you want to stop start with the the top three yeah yeah might as well dig a little bit into some interesting stuff so so we'll probably maybe kind of jump back and forth a little bit between cooper ken and eli because there's some some comparative numbers here that are kind of interesting to look at um let's see so one of the I'm just going to run down the quick stats on here. We don't want to bore anybody with it. Cooper Webb was due. His average qualifying position was 6.1. His average start was 4.2 position. So average start position, again, is their position at the end of the first lap. Not, obviously, the where they all crossed the whole shot line, unfortunately. He only grabbed three whole shots all season. His average finish was 2.5, indicator of why he's first place in the championship. Um, He led 108 laps. He won only, I think I didn't go back, have time to go back and dig through all of them to get the exact numbers, but he, I think he only won three, three to four heat races or less than that. Um, Whereas Kenny won eight or more. Um, Cooper had total of eight wins, period. Um, and then, so Kenny, his average qualifying position was four, fourth. Um, his average start was 4.6. His average finish was 3.6, and he had, he had two hole shots. Um, he led 156 laps. Remember, Cooper led, Cooper went, yeah. Cooper Webb led 108 laps. It's a tongue twister. Um, and Kenny only won four races. So out of the four races that Cooper Webb won out of his eight total, Kenny also led laps in those races. And I think there was only one or two of those where somebody else other than Kenny also led laps for anything other than like maybe one lap. And that was, you know, one of those Sexton on the last round. Um, 
Kenny set the fastest lap in eight main events. Still only won four of them. Uh, well, out of those out of those eight, he only won three of those eight races where he set a fastest lap. But still, he only won four races in total. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. And so I think one of the big things for me between those two in general were a couple of things were that Kenny, more faster laps, led 50% more laps in races, won half as many races. He had... Yeah. I mean, and there's, uh, you know, if we hadn't all seen the races and what happened, we'd be like, oh, well, did his bike blow up half the time? No, he didn't have a bike malfunction. Not well. I don't know if you want to count maybe something after his bike fell over. Um, and it's just, you know, how do you, how... I don't know, he had everything going for him to win the championship and just he had moments where he cracked. Um Yeah. And and couldn't put it together comparatively. Uh, you know, Cooper's numbers speak for themselves. You know, he didn't he didn't qualify the fastest every day. He did he knew he didn't need to. I mean, obviously, uh well, it's gonna be hard to say because the camera didn't they didn't have a camera on everybody every time, right? But as many times I remember seeing in qualifying a lot of times where Cooper would just pull off in qualifying, get Carlos to do something to the bike um, and go back out there and put in a decent qualifying time. But, you know, when you qualify sixth as your average, but then your average start is fourth, um, you know, you're obviously doing something right as far as being able to get a good start. And yeah. then, when you Plus, win I mean, races, makes a difference. Just as too. long as you qualify in what the top fortieth, it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like other than that, I mean, qualifying. It, it just a lot of these guys say it too. They're like, "Yeah, we would focus on qualifying, and then suck in the race." And it seems like the guys that just use qualifying as an additional practice time do a lot better in the race you know Mm -hmm. so i mean it's hard i mean ac is a perfect example you know how many hit qualifying did he win last year you know and then oh he was by far the most out of everybody uh as he was at um yeah and couldn't put it together yeah that's a good point yeah they need to they need a good gate pick um I mean, it's a heat. It's half filled with privateers. Yeah, you know, so that's the thing. It's like, at that point, sixth versus um, fourth is almost the same thing. You know, sixth to second, that's one, two positions in a heat gate pick, which isn't that big of a deal because, you again, you also don't be, need to win that. Yeah. You know, it would finish be in the top three in your one gate pick, I think. Because it's even odds. Oh, yeah, one between. You know? Yeah, one between them. Um, yeah, and so you, if you get the top three in your heat race, you're still top six gate picks. And I don't know. 
you know, somebody would probably argue real hard about the difference between, um, you know, fourth and sixth on the gate pick at some of the races, but just you as know, long first as and sixth, a... it's a different, but yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Um, Nate Thrasher will tell you that you're crazy for taking that argument. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he came out and yeah, made, uh, talked about that and we talked about it last week. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, so yeah, the qualifying doesn't, doesn't mean a whole lot, but the, you know, they, both of their average starts were about the same, but that's because, um, I think averages don't show the whole thing because one real bad number can ruin an average, right? Um, oh, and yeah. there was one or two races where Kenny just didn't get a good start. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of them that he was back there pretty far. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and and so it's just kind of interesting, you know. And I think over the course of the season, we 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 pretty pretty heavily talked about what was happening with Kenny and how we don't know. And well, now we we all realize we'll probably never know until he maybe writes a tell-all book that we might be able to believe um, about what happened. Um, but we but we do know that his web, you know, web went out there and did the job. Yeah, um, and it's, it's I don't yeah Kenny made mistakes. I still think Cooper won it. Um, I'm pretty sure we talked about that at the show after yeah. the last round. Um, I don't I don't think it's because because it it was still really was relatively close. You know if if Cooper would have had the two bad rounds like he had last year, Kenny could have won this one super oh, still yeah. super easily. You know so I think I think Webb won this one. Um, the numbers are kind of interesting to look at, but it's, it's little things like the, the physical moves that Webb made in some of the races for me that shows, you know, why he, why he did it. Listen, Cooper's a champion because Cooper's a champion. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, that's all there is to it. Even if, even if Kenny made a mistake and gave it up on the last race, you still have to be in that hunt in order to take advantage of that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it, it's a hard argument the other way. I mean, people are going to try to make it just cause they don't like Cooper, but mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm a firm believer that if the only way to finish first is first, you got to finish man. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, it, he put himself in great positions in a lot of races to be able to pull it all together. And it's, uh, I mean, our next guy definitely didn't, you mm -hmm. know, that was probably the biggest letdown of supercross history, you know? So for a lot of people, you know, not necessarily me, I, I called the top three before supercross even started, you know, but I'm, yeah. I'm a big Cooper and Kenny fan, man. There's just something about those guys. It's that it's, they're, it's different. You know what I mean? I mean, even Kenny post injury days is still, there's something about him that is different. That is always going to keep him up there. Mm -hmm. You know, and all it takes is, is one bad, one bad night, man. And, and he could have recapitalized and, and been perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Cause at the end of the day, he still got second in the championship. Yeah. He beat out, a handful of other factory riders. Oh yeah. You know, especially from, the guy that everybody predicted. 
that mm-hmm. was going to win, going to pretty much walk away, just chuck deuces by like the eighth round and coast it in, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody's, you know, yeah. So Tomek, the next yeah. one to touch on. He, now he he's carried, back to ET3, man. Yep. He, he carried he the number one straight in and then it's gone already. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he doesn't have it in outdoors anymore. He doesn't have it in Supercross next year um, when he does come back. So he, he, I mean, Tomac, I'd have to look and see. I didn't look into it. I can't remember last year, even how many hole shots he actually had last year um, in general. But he's only, he only had one this year. You know, his average qualifying position was fifth. You know, whatever. He, he wasn't much of a. Well, again, last year, AC stole the qualifying show so much that it was kind of hard for anybody else to really get that much. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's whatever it is. But his average start with 6.7, which I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the season, I was one of the guys saying, you know, like, it does. I don't care how fast Tomac is. This is the season where you don't want to start sixth or seventh. Oh, yeah. Because you know, I, I still remember last year there was a race where across the line. That's not even off the gate. That's yeah, it's not even across the, the whole shot line. Yeah, so he had a lap still to pass a couple people. <laughs> yeah. You know, so a lap in and he was still sixth or seventh. And you know, because I remember last year people there was the one race where Barsha was in I don't know like third, fourth maybe, and he was racing Tomac who was trying to get around him, and people were getting upset about it. And it was like. What they're third or fourth? Yeah. He's not lapped, you know. He's it's, it's it's still a top five position. Like he earns that's a, a still pretty decent paycheck probably for some of these guys. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know how Barsha's contract is set up, but um, and so and not only does he have to deal with Toma or you know Barsha probably again this year, but he's got a lot of other guys. And if you look at the top seven in the championship, you know Cooper Webb or yeah, Webb, Roxon, Tomac, Barsha. So, Barsha, Plessinger, Stewart, Brandis, Anderson, like any of those guys could have been in the top six on a normal night. And he's got to work hard to get past those guys all well. Kenny's out there setting fast laps in the main event, and Cooper's doing what he's doing. You just, he'd have to have astronomical speed. Um, to- Which he does, just not that much. Yeah, well, he's, he didn't man. he didn't get to show it as much this year, yeah. and it's just you got if you got to work that hard to get around these guys um, on these tight tracks, some of them it it didn't go for him. Um, his average finish four point nine compared to a four point six for Roxon and a two point five for Webb. It's not how you win, you know, not how you win a championship unless you're consistently the third and. There's not consistently a first or second, which that's just not how these work. Um, yeah. He only led 45 laps this year. Unless he's literally following the guy in second place around at all the rounds and passes him with two laps to go. Also not how you win. Um, and the only well, I mean, won three rounds this year, and it was the yeah. least wins he's had since 2016, a year when he only had one win. Yeah. That's. I want to see who has a championship with the least amount of laps led. Hmm. That's what I want to see because there's only one that matters, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. the first yeah. one. Last lap. So, yeah. But well, it, 
All you got to do is lead 17 laps. Yeah. Over the course of the whole season. Yeah. I mean, that's the rumor at least, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's uh, a couple of rounds where Cooper passed Kenny in the past couple of years, you know, right there on the last oh, yeah. rounder with one round left to go. Um, so, yeah, Jesse made a good point that it wouldn't surprise me if it was Dungey um, that won with the most amount of laps led because there were so many races where he just finished third. Uh, you know, never even led a lap. Period. Um, yeah, it could be. That would be that would be interesting to look at. Made a note of that. I'll have to look into it. Um, Who else yeah, do we so have said, that just completely jumped out at you, man? I mean, jumped out at me. Yeah, you got a lot of stats up on here, man. And either way, one uh, which way jumped out at me the worst or the best? Let's do both. All right. Um, well, uh, I I don't want to jump on your bandwagon too much, but any of the Star Yamaha guys, take a pick. Yeah, that's true. They did come out swinging this year, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we can touch on the guy that was Star Yamaha last year that we thought was going to make a, you know, come out and show Star Yamaha wrong, but Star Yamaha just stepped up their game or, or he was going to show Yamaha slash star Yamaha wrong, but he stepped up his game. Um, Barsha, he did, he didn't do bad. Um, he didn't do as great as some people hoped he was going to do. Um, he but, did, you know, some of his comparisons, even with last year, man. Um, yeah. In, in general, I mean, if you want to look at just overall championship finish, because that's kind of what matters. Um, he finished in fourth this year with 289 points and finished in fifth last year with 272 points. Yeah. Um, the the thing with him that really jumps out to me is four hole shots, but his average start is 8.1. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times did he drop the bike or pinball off of somebody after the freaking chalk line? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think... I think that's the the big shower there. I think that if he can actually get back around on the first lap without dropping the bike or bouncing off of somebody, mm-hmm. I mean he it, top three guy all day. Yeah, his worst for his worst nights hurt him a lot. He didn't have like a few kind of bad nights. He had a couple like bad nights that that yeah. really killed um, his numbers. And you know, I don't I don't think he was gonna get third in the championship. Um, he could have, you know, he wasn't, no, nah, he couldn't have, he couldn't have, he was 50 points off. He wasn't going to get there. Um, you know, Tomac would have had to have hurt himself in his two races, but those two looked real even with speed through a lot of those races though, too. Yeah. They were having trouble getting around each other. Well, I that just goes think... back to the, what I was saying, like he, his bad nights just ruined it for him. You know, oh, yeah. while Tomac didn't have his like a lot of spectacular nights, he didn't have a lot of he was consistently okay. You know, yeah, yeah, his Tomac standards. Yeah, I think what well, his worst night was the same night that Barsha also had a really bad night with the Freezy incident. Yeah, and there um, wasn't shit either one of those guys could do about that. Yeah, so that's what it was. So I mean, I think for Barsha to get fourth and be still, you know, all of them so far off of Tomac, I think he he did pretty good. He beat um, yeah. 
he outright beat the next two guys by 20 points and 40 points, you know? Uh, yeah. Which so. is kind of crazy when you think about it. You have the top three that are all pretty close and then a huge gap to fourth and then a huge gap to fifth, a huge gap to sixth. Mm-hmm. Like that, I mean, that just tells me that the consistency drops off a lot, you know, off of the top three, which is the the two stats that I was talking about with Barsha is, is that whole shot versus average start, man. Mm-hmm. Like that that's all consistency. Like how can you pull, what is it, the most whole shots out of everybody this year and then still have a, like your average start is just a little better than halfway through the field. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's not good at all. No. <laughs> you know, And I think it's the same thing that we said about Tomac the whole year. If Barsha could, could nail his starts or not even nail his starts, but keep that good starting all the way through the first lap, he dramatically increases his chances of finishing in top three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know it's like what you were saying earlier. You know, we were—I was all—I was really excited about. Oh, look at the changing top fives um, over the course of the of the season, um, and then it all started to get to be the same thing over and over and over again. And those the same three that were in the top five every time, Tomac, Roxon, and Webb started racking up points, and then it it was just swapping around after that. Um, yeah. So technically, Barsha did better than he did last year. Technically, um, he did about as good as as good as he could because it's going to take somebody really, really, really good to consistently put it together to beat Wade Roxon and Tomac in the championship at this point. A hundred percent. So I think that's the understatement of the year, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just you know it's it's like oh well, you only got fourth, but it's like well, you know, it's just I kind of throw that out there as a clarifying statement that fourth's not that bad when you've got. Web Roxon and Tomac taking the top three, you know, and so uh, yeah, I think that he he had the best of the rest, quite literally. Um, oh yeah, which is pretty good. It, it didn't feel as exciting as we wanted it to be, you know, because there was halfway through the season we're like, well, is he actually doing better than he was last year? No, because last year he there wasn't too much better he could have done anyways. Well, you um, figure, what is it between the top three? There was what two wins left on the table and Barsha claimed one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were five winners this year. Top three in points had most of them. Barsha had one and Marv had the other one. Yeah. So it's, I mean, <laughs> that tells a huge story there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, I mean, it, I don't know. I think he fit in better with the TLD crew but I don't think he did as good as what everybody thought he was going to do. Now, I don't know if that's because factory Yamaha stepped their game up that much, or if that's just the way it is, because that's the way it is. You know what I mean? I think it's probably both. Yeah. That's because Yamaha stepped it up so much. It it didn't look like he was doing as, good as he was in comparison. Whereas like last year, if this year, if the Yamahas weren't doing good in the last half of the rounds, like they were doing last year, then it'd be like, Oh look how much better he's clearly doing than. Yeah. But right now as it sits, the team that he was supposedly supposed to do way better than fill the three positions behind him in the championship. Oh yeah. Throw a blanket over him, man. 
Yeah, so it's exactly, yeah, one race. If, you know, any of them would have missed one race or something, it, it would have totally been a different story. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, so um, we can talk about... Oh, it's, well, do you want to... Um, did, did I make that graphic for Barsha's positions from this year versus last year? Possibly. Let me look. I wish there was a preview. Hey, I picked the right one. Yeah. So I mean, you can just look and see, you know, so like we were talking about, if you're looking at the if you're looking at this watching the video with us, it's just a simple nothing fancy line graph of last year we got a line for his finishing positions in orange and this year his finishing positions in blue over the 17 rounds, right? And so this is kind of what we were talking about is he had his good rounds were on average better, but he had like, look at round two, round four, round six, significantly worse than they needed to be. Um, and his rounds, you know, uh, 11 through 17, which were like the Salt Lake rounds last year were on average better, but it's those crappy rounds that he had that gave him that, you know, average start position that Doug was pointing out that just, you know, didn't do him any favors. You know, if he could have, knocked off those bad performances on even two wasn't even his round two was wasn't even that bad because that could have been his fourth worst uh finish maybe fourth or fifth um worst finish or uh you know if he knocked out four and six so um it yeah it's just the the bad rounds are what killed him this year the really bad rounds it wasn't that he needed to move up you know one position each race it's just he needed to not suck those rounds that he had bad accidents on yeah and some of those weren't even his fault some of them were yeah but some of them weren't you know and it's uh i mean we can chastise him for being a child on a bike at times but at the same time like he's not a bad rider the dude can ride a motorcycle. Yeah, very, very well. your your fourth place in the Supercross Championship. You know, yeah. um, it is it is what it is. Um, that and watching pretty, him rip a two stroke is pretty phenomenal as well. Can't, I'm just yeah. excited to see him outdoors. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So then on to Star Star Yamaha, man. Um, we had Dylan Fernandez, right. Rookie of the Year. Um, yeah, fantastic ride for him. He had I didn't get to go through and 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 do it up for it, but as many times as he won uh, the drive of the race, uh, you know the Sunstar drive of the race, I, I don't know He's, why he wouldn't have it for the season. He is uh, he is having trouble getting off of the gate on that four fifty. Hundred percent does not have the starts dialed in. Well, at some all. of it he had he had some really good starts. What I remember from him was he had really good starts, but then he'd make a a, a dumbass move and or something would happen yeah. and he'd fall, and then he'd have to use the speed that he had to catch up to a mediocre finish. Yeah, that's. I just remember there were definitely some where he didn't have good starts, but then the ones yeah. where he did, he made an accident, and they would have to be like, okay, well now let me make up these ten positions I just lost. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking because it would be like the camera wouldn't be on him, and then all of a sudden he would be like, you'd be like, well, where's Fernandez? And then you'd see him on the ticker in like 14th. You're mm-hmm. like, what the hell? 
you know, and it's only like a lap or two in. You're like, holy cow! Like, what yeah, you do over there? On the, on the lap chart, when you could look at it, you could see he was, you know, he was up there at the top on the on the left side of the chart, and then it would jump back, and then you just see it climb back up all the way to the right. Oh yeah, um, you know, was but he, I mean, he had some he had some bad starts for sure. But yeah, I think the learning how to start on it, or just learning how to not spin out on it, um, have some interesting confidence and traffic issues possibly as well mm-hmm. which um, i don't i don't know how you practice that except for put two guys on either side of them and start hitting jumps which maybe just having the ability to be on the 415 outdoors this year and just really get used to just bringing the yeah. shit out of that bike is going to help him he is know, the guy the i'm right most hand. excited about on pretty much all of 450s he's the new guy that i'm most excited about to watch an outdoors him and sexton man those two outdoors on bikes are phenomenal mm-hmm. to watch and, i mean you I'm can excited. hate ferrandez because he gets impatient and and does some barsha moves and stuff like that i mean he was chasing a championship last year shit happens you know mm-hmm. i don't agree with what he did but it doesn't take away from his talent you know and and watching that dude just i don't know i don't even it's like watching a dance you know and a lot of those european guys are like that like marv has a very distinct style outdoors as well that i'm mm-hmm. extremely excited about too you I know can't wait to watch it again it'll be great oh yeah but that's i mean compared to last year you know i mean which goes back to us talking about malcolm outdoors which is why i wish he would race outdoors you know i mean an average qualifying of 6.2 compared to 8.4 last year you know um i don't know how much of that has to do with the team the bike himself you know i don't know he seemed to he seemed to jive pretty well his average starts were what two positions better yeah average yeah. finish was right there you know but he did have some pretty decent get-offs that i'm 90 percent certain through that average the, way out. Well, yeah, because he had that one race in Atlanta where he just basically didn't finish. Where did he get there? He had a... Well, 20, he had the, yeah, he finished last in Atlanta, too, so that'll destroy your average finish. You know, out of well, nowhere. That and, what was it, Indy, when him and AP were battling and he just dropped it in the whoops. Like, dropped the bike. <laughs> oh, he finished 11th at Indy 3. Um, yeah, I think it was Indy 1 or 2, because me and... Was I there with my brother or my wife? I think it was Indy One. I was there with my wife. He had night that night, yeah. Um, but he he dropped it pretty early and then had to fight to come back because him and AP were kind of battling. What was the, what was the round where he tried to give it to Anderson and uh, could have could have died flying off the track like that, but miraculously didn't. I can't remember what round that was, but I know I exactly what either. you're talking about. That didn't help his finish. Mm-mm. It did not at all. Um, but that's if you drop that 22nd, that takes them up to a 763, which is, yeah, which is good, you know. Um, no wins, no laps led. He finally made a 450 podium, which, mm-hmm. yeah, and, it, it, that and was I exciting. want that gear. That gear would match my graphics, fucking mint. I gotta figure out how to get it. He had some, he had some sick gear this year. Um, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, his he he clearly improved. 
like you said, by with the exception of his his average finish, um, which would have not quite been a full position, his average his qualifying his starts, um, you know, improved about by two positions. Um, he had that podium. He finished one position better in the championship this year. Um, you made a chart for him too, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Before I just start clicking buttons. All right, I couldn't remember all of them. Yeah, yeah so, so on this one again, we've got the we got one line. The blue line, if you're looking, is for his 21 this year finishes. Uh, and the orange lines for his finishes last year, which I thought was kind of funny because if you look at it, his worst round by far was round 14 on both on of both, them. both years. <laughs> Um, so it looks like he was way more consistent this year than he was last year. Um, Just looking at it, or last year than he was this yeah. year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was last year. He was consistent, but it's consistent. But he was a little bit lower this year. He had his good rounds were better, um, but he had just a couple rounds where he didn't do as good. So like round ten. Um, yeah. 10 and 11 hurt. Arlington was probably, I think that was, yeah, 10 or 11, Arlington was probably one of those, the Anderson round. I want to say that was probably Arlington because I feel like that was much more recent. Um, yeah. It, I know that wasn't Atlanta, and but then his Atlanta round, round 14, um, was the one that bit him this year and last year. So, yeah, he, he, he definitely got better as a rider to be able to put in better good rides. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, but he, you know, he wasn't just kind of hanging back. He knew how to to get up there and fight for it this year, and that's a probably speaks for him being comfortable on the equipment um, and, and having good equipment team. to run with, and good yeah. at his team, um, and just being a a good rider, you know. And oh for, yeah, for him to jump on that bike literally right before the season started. Imagine if he would have had a full off season to train on that bike. Yeah, well, did he though? He might have just been messing with us on the old instagram oh, that was, if that whole thing was just like a <laughs> social media troll on his part i'd have, i'd give him i'd give him props that'd be that'd be pretty clever i mean Choi lee did do it with a whole round of racing oh, that was so epic was that it was so good yeah i mean like i appreciate the effort but don't tease me yeah, just like it was. It, I think what made that epic for me was that how many people you realize like real. follow the sport, but then all of a yeah. sudden we're also like, wait, what? Did I miss a round tonight? You know, like oh, they're yeah. just they're just there enough to where it actually fooled them, and I don't think that was their intention was to like fool anybody. Yeah, you know, because they're like, oh yeah, nobody's gonna get it, but then it, it got just enough people that it that made it. That's what kind of pushed it over the line of being, you know, epic because it was an accidental Dude, just hot. They trolled a whole state, their home state, they trolled. Mm-hmm. Like, hey guys, guess what could have happened? Except we're not allowed to race in your state this year. Oh, I didn't even think about it in that context. Yeah, because that's how you know, California, they would they would take it not that they're people to take it personally, but because of the stuff we don't have to really yeah. talk about. But yeah, they would they would that's funny to think about in that context yeah it just gets better most of what i heard about that was in relations to that like thanks guys you dicks like thanks for (laughs) reminding reminding us us what we didn't get oh yeah yeah no i yeah i can i didn't think about that i was just so excited that we only had one round where i had to stay up until 10 o'clock eastern to watch the start of a race oh yeah and that's the next guy the old uh the old ap7 aaron plessinger he uh to me your standout performance. Probably yeah, if we're going to use standout 
stand out as purely like an objective measure I right think without really yeah. digging into it and braiding everybody ap was your uh your verbiage okay. was a bit off on that one man mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah personal standout is what i should have said oh yeah technical standout um yeah he had his qualifying position was up about three spots he qualified three spots better which you know um he got two whole shots he finished about two positions better on average um which helps when he his starts were two won a couple races Um, oh yeah what gets me is is if you do the uh the corrected drop the worst round mm mm-hmm that's a big gap, dude. Three and a half positions on average if you drop the worst round, mm-hmm. which I know we're not doing like fantasy talk or anything, you know, where you drop your worst round and it's your best 16 or whatever. But well, it just man, shows, you know, like, that's a huge difference. Yeah, because averages can get skewed by one bad night, you know. It's like say that oh, bad yeah. night wasn't his fault for some reason. Yeah. You know, if you want to look at it and just say, especially when it's a bad night, that's a real bad night. Like, I think his rounds, we can look at that graphic in a minute, but I think his bad round wasn't like movies where he was clearly the worst. Yeah. You know, one by far. When you look at me, it was like a 15th or something, I think. Um, I can pull it up. Yeah, he he had a 16th at round two was clearly his worst. Yeah. Um, he was top 10 every other night except for Indianapolis 3 when he was 11th. So his, yeah. his worst one really wasn't that bad, but it's still bad because it was five positions at least um, kind of above there. And so, yeah, when you when you make that point, you know, like three and a half positions better on average for his finishes. Oh, yeah. Pretty good, you know, because um, it the Atlanta rounds – you know, almost he's fourth in Atlanta three. Um, he had a his podium at Daytona, which we'll never forget. I'm wearing the do it for Dale shirt right now. Um, <laughs> Jesse won't ever forget it either. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it just he he went from finishing 11th in the championship last year to fifth this year. So um, I think just looking at those stats, man, like we all knew. We all know that Aaron is is a very very capable rider, mm-hmm. and this puts it right up to where I think everybody kind of expected him to be in his 450 career. And I think a lot of that has to do with the team really taking the time to make their riders comfortable. I mean, you got three guys all within a spot of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and. And most of them, Dylan, we don't have anything to go off of, but your other two guys that have raced 450s for a number of years now have marked improvement, you know, that I think shows shows a lot just about the team. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they're, they're at the end of the shelf before things start falling off as far as yeah. riders. They're, Dylan is the last rider... Uh, so the top seven are the top seven because they were at every finished every single race. Well, yeah, I don't know if you we were twenty seconds technically finishing a race, even if you finished all the laps, you finished the race. Made the main. Yeah. Um, after that, not every the only the only person to finish every round after top seven was Joey Savacci, who finished in tenth, technically finished every round. Yeah. Um, 
Anderson, Jason Anderson in eighth missed a round. Marv missed two rounds and had two really bad nights. Um, Do we want to throw the uh, AP chart up? Yeah, yeah, we can take a look at that. Damn. Yeah, so, you know, there's – he didn't – obviously, we talked about Houston, too, wasn't that great for him. You know, for, if we're looking at the chart, again, um, blue is 2021 results, orange is 2020 results. Um, it's His is clearly better than last year. Like, you can just you can just see it. There was obviously some overlaps there, some where he had similar positions, um, which is actually kind of funny. Um, some of like his best positions are his worst positions from last year, though. That's what I think is funny. Like at the beginning with all the up downs, mm-hmm. his best positions mark where his average worst position is, which mm-hmm. I think is that that's what makes the graph entertaining to me. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. His, his worst positions this year are better than his like, or tied with his average position um, last year. It's just, it's, he clearly made an obvious jump. Um, oh yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with comfort level, man. I mean, we both ride. I'm sure a lot of our listeners ride. Like, do you do better when you're comfortable or when mm-hmm. you're kind of stressed out, not a lot of trust? You know, like, that's personally why I work. it's only me that works on my vehicles, you know? I mean, my brother's learning, and I let him do quite a bit, but I'm still there watching, you know, because confidence is key, man, 100%. Yeah. Well, and that was the interesting part about the improvement at Daytona for me, from him. Uh, the interesting, but an interesting point was when he was talking about the suspension guy. You know, they had those two, two, three weeks. It was was it one weekend and two weeks, or yeah. two weeks? Yeah, one weekend Something and like two that. weeks. Um, he was like, you know, his suspension guy was just like, "Hey, I think I've got like something I want you to try." if I remember him saying this correctly, was like, yeah, I think I've got something I want you to try. Just do it. And if he was like, okay, well, we got to lose. They did it. And oh, it, yeah. uh, it worked, you know, because the rumors even before Daytona was that, holy cow, he's flying at the Star Trek faster than anybody else there. Oh, yeah. And is then it? he backed it up. It wasn't like, oh, he's he's throwing down some, you know, some insta bangers. It was he's clearly faster than everybody else. He showed up at Daytona and killed it. Well, that's when all of your teammates even say, yeah, he's without a doubt, he's the fastest one. Yeah, because you, know? you were saying you'd heard that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah There's a lot of people talking about it, man. His his proofs in the. In the pudding there, like he he did it, um, and he's another outdoor guy, man. I I'm pretty excited. Yeah, you're gonna have yeah the you're gonna have AP and Francis both with their American and French mullets just flying out the back, <laughs> just railing it. It's gonna be epic. Hey, they'll fit in with everybody around here, man. That's uh, yeah. there's a lot of mullets. I'm That's what I man. I was saying. Well, I think I told you and. You and Jesse, the one day when I was at the track, it was the track when I broke my wrist, dude, where I was like, baseball has nothing on the Ohio and Indiana motocross scene in terms of mullets. Oh, yeah, because you even had that one picture of that guy with the epic mullet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was like a whole group of them, dude. There was like a herd of mullets. It was like a a mull herd, dude. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just going to plug the Discord right now if you want to see epic pictures of uh, 
mullets from Doug's oh, track yeah. days. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, so, I've, Jesse brought up a good point, too. I, I can just kind of read it without clicking the thing. Um, it says, uh, it's definitely a mental sport. That one podium changed his whole season. I completely agree. Like, oh, yeah, because even if he wouldn't have felt even say he did feel confident from the changes to the test track, right? If he wouldn't have gone out and gotten that podium there, it probably wouldn't have mattered much. Cause if anything, that might've like counteracted it where if like he felt great, you know, from the changes they made and then went out and just did the same at the race. He'd have been like, Oh, well crap. Maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It could have killed him. Yeah. Um, so then getting that podium. Yeah. Like, like just said, that's, that's how, that's how you do it. Confidence is confidence is king. No smokers on my side, man. Could be a serious threat. Team mullet. Oh, yeah. Might be French, <laughs> but it's a French mullet. <laughs> right. It's like it. Oh, man. I can't even make that joke. I was going to say it might be a baguette, but it's, <laughs> not, it's not a French baguette. Well, he's not racing. So. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Myself. Those are the those are the big guys that, you know, I wanted to point out. Um, honorable mention to. To chase when oh, he yeah. was when he was out there holy hell sand got him entirely too many times um but he was You'll fast that. he pulled a stew at daytona i wish we could have seen it on the broadcast i mean the videos after the fact were enough uh you know to be able to see what he did but of course the guy oh, getting yeah. drained by stew pulls a stew at daytona right epic. just do it yeah, he's the guy that had um, the most teeth-faced injuries all season. Uh, so he gets an honorable mention award for that and surviving um, and not looking like Frankenstein still. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's he's, pretty epic. He's a rugged yeah, kid, man. Yeah, he's he's the only guy that left a piece of his tooth in his handlebar. Um, and he, you know, almost won the last round. By actually, you know, bracing really hard, not just because it was the last round and nobody cared. Um, yeah. He put up a yeah. fight with Webb. That was exciting. Oh, yeah. It, there's great things that are going to come from Chase, I think. Great things. I think, I think he did great in outdoors last year, but I was I was probably a little too on the skeptic. Like, I don't, I don't think he's going to do anything special in Supercross, and I was wrong. Yeah. Well, that's – last year in outdoors, he really messed with me because – I went to the uh, the opener down at Loretta's, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, who the hell is that? You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. what guy, who is that? Like, I completely forgot that he moved up to, to 450s, and they, I mean, the Supercross season before that was so messed up, and then, there was, like, everything was, was screwy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Chase, because he was... He was fast, man, all through like practice and qualifying and, and even the race he didn't do bad. And I'm like, man, what like how do I how did I not recognize the number twenty-three and the four fifties? Because I'm was so used to seeing him in two fifties. But mm -hmm. that's when I kind of seeing him live made a huge impact on my outlook rather than just seeing him on the TV, which is I mean, we all say it, man. If 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 you're really a fan of the sport you have to get out there and see these guys live and really get a feel for it you know make mm -hmm. a day out of it dude like show up qualifying practice all the races you know it's uh you'll really see i know it helped my fantasy game this year uh 
not so much last year because I kept forgetting to submit picks, <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, this year it definitely did. There's just something about getting out there and, and seeing these guys in action the way that the TV cannot do it any justice, like at all. Yeah, not this even is the first bit. time when I went to a Supercross that I actually watched qualifying. Normally I spend time in the pit party, like getting autographs, you know, hanging, like taking, taking my little one out there and hanging out yeah. at the pit party. I'm like, I don't want to go watch qualifying. This year, actually sitting there like watching qualifying and really paying attention and watching how they all attack different pits. It was way more exciting than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah. Um, that It gives you a really good insight into who's fast and what, what section mm-hmm. and how, how that section is going to develop through the night and kind of play into certain riders' favors or against other riders, you know. And it's uh, if you get out to enough of them, you start picking up on all the nuances of what certain riders are good at versus other riders. And watching the track develop like that make, makes a huge difference, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Know. That's um, uh, I always make fun of Tiller for being a stat nerd, man, but I'm definitely like the track and line nerd. You know, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. man, did you see that? <laughs> like, is that all? I can't tell if it's on the TV, but you guys got to watch this. <laughs> you know, yeah, like stuff like that. Like Joe doing the old Joe line at Indy, man, that turned out oh, yeah. to, be, to be the fast line. That's uh, sometimes just, it takes somebody pointing that stuff out to you for, before you can realize, you know, what it is you're looking for. Um, yeah, I mean, there's still things about like individual riders' riding style that I'm having to that I have to actively still watch for to this day to like really catch and appreciate what it is that they're doing versus just being like, Oh no, they all rode the dirt bike the exact same way around that. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. You got to have it pointed out and explained to you so you can even know what you're watching for. It just won't stick out. Well, that's, what's great about the discord and the, the watch live segments, man, Mm -hmm. is, uh, everybody has something different that they kind of watch out for during the races, you know? So it's, uh, it, it makes it real nice, and for the most part, almost everybody's real knowledgeable about what they are looking out for, mm-hmm. so they can usually answer questions at least in some capacity, you know. So that's, I mean, it's elevated my race watching game like tenfold at least, you know, just not sitting there by myself, like just you know. So yeah. it's. Just sleeping through it. Oh yeah, just sitting there like, oh, did you guys see that? Yeah, but did you see this? Nah, damn it, Peacock, let me rewind. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know? it definitely gives a different, different aspect there. Oh yeah. Um, Other than that, I mean, what we got? The seat. The yeah, I do. I I don't know. I don't didn't really have a whole lot to say there except for I was excited to see, um, Anstey you know, actually make it to show up when he did. He didn't show up till uh, round eight. Because um, what did he have that chest-ish something? I can't remember what it was now. I think about it. I remember seeing, like, weird Instagram sketchy videos of him getting needles and everything. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm glad to see him come out. And he did. I think he, considering the field this year, uh, I think he did pretty damn good. Um, he didn't light the world on fire, but... I was excited to see him not get 20th every race, you know, because yeah. we didn't know what he was going to do. And it was just exciting. He seemed to, his vlogs and everything, he seemed to be having a good time. Um, well, he's not a super cross guy at all either. 
Well, yeah, so. and that's and that's the kind of thing, you know. It's like so that's I was totally willing to say he's like he's going to get 18th to 20th every single race. Um, Just got to make a man, second, but yeah, he did, he did pretty good. Um, Just and, as long as you make the main, you're doing better than everybody except for 22 other guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So he, and he did he did that the, every round that he showed up. He he made the main, um, and then. I mean, there's we don't want to have to touch on everybody because there was, you know, I think 39 guys. Yeah, 39 guys that finished the championship with points. Um, I mean, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's I wonder where good. that – would you happen to know where that falls in with, like, other years? No, not off the top of my head. I, I'd say it couldn't be – because, it went, like, right now just looking at the breakdown of, say, like 20th through 39th, the yeah. way the way it's spread out, I don't think it could get much higher than that. Just by like kind of who's going to show up and who's going to make it in. Yeah. Well, I was more interested in much lower, you know, comparatively. I, yeah. I feel like there was a lot of fast privateers this year that got overshadowed by the factory guys in the four fifties, which you'll have. You oh know. yeah, for sure there were. I mean, like, well, I mean, I guess fast is kind of relative there yeah because you know you also had guys that uh clearly took a dive um for for the pulp privateer money um which i can't blame for they made more money doing that than they would have you know making making a couple mains you know so i just work here yeah props props to those guys for doing that Uh, (laughs) um gotta get paid somehow man yeah you gotta make money um yes i mean some of the privateers obviously Chiz made thir- 13 rounds. Oh, yeah. 13 or 14 rounds this year. That's awesome. You know, he's he's just going to um, just kill it uh, out there doing that. Cade went from having some real crap rounds last year and after his whole uh, suspension deal to come out and make as many rounds as he did this year. Um, you know, he showed up to every single one. But to make it into the main one, two, three, four, five, ten times, um, it's killer. Yeah, you know. Um, and then the rounds—I mean, the rounds he did make it in. He didn't finish twenty-second once. He actually, you know, I'm sure there was maybe one time where his twenty-first was technically maybe a DNF, but he finished every single race that he made it into the main for, which is exciting. Yeah, um, you'll have that. Plus, I mean, you kind of gotta remember it's like him and his dad doing everything you know yeah so it's, well, i mean I, I i put that in like there's there were rounds there's guys like granted a raid a raid is the anomaly in himself but <laughs> you know there's guys that'll make it into the main and then pull off and not finish right like yeah. benny benny ended up somehow having some those last two rounds were amazing considering he had a busted ass ankle but he's a guy that i got pissed at way too many times this year in fantasy because i i trusted him to not pull off yeah and he pulled off he didn't do that when he raced for rocky mountain yeah so i don't know what like what spurred that on you know mm-hmm. same way like heart ramp didn't do that kind of stuff when he was raking racing for rock river like cycle trader rock river so i don't know mm-hmm. is there that much of a difference between the quality of build on the bike 
not the quality of the bike itself, but like the quality of the build, you know, like mechanic prop. Is there a fitness quality, you know, they're mental, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what is, what is kind of, what is causing that? You know what I mean? Cause they obviously have a history of being able to, to finish races without much issues or finish mm-hmm. the whole series is without much issues. And then this year it was kind of, it was scattershot, man. You know, I mean, you definitely took your, your score in your own hands, choosing those guys on some mm-hmm. of your fantasy teams, you know, but I'm, I'm interested to see why, why that happened. You know what I mean? I think it got, I think heart ramped in particular. I think there was something going on there that, was more than just uh, competition. Um, I think it was maybe he wasn't jiving as well with the bike as they make it sound like. Um, I think he's got whew, and the LCQs phrase, but yeah. um, I don't think he's frustrations, got the, mental, the mental strength or stamina or perseverance to, you know, like trust himself and realize that he's a good rider. Um, I remember saying that last year on the two fifties all the time. There were a lot of times I hear in his interviews that I just heard something that didn't jive with me where I, I, I didn't like his mindset or what his mindset sounded like based on the, what he was saying um, or presenting to interviewers or the media or whatever the, the media uh, medium was, um, and then, I mean, there was even a couple of times when I saw him this year, he just didn't look like he was in the same shape he was last year. He just, he um, looked extremely frustrated to me. Like mm-hmm. when you're seeing him in like the LCQs and stuff, he just looked so frustrated, just like almost like he was past the point of being over it. You know what I yeah. mean? And it maybe it's something to, like you said, maybe there was, you know, uh, maybe he just didn't jive as well with that bike as we thought he did. And it was just, beating him up you know mentally and he just couldn't wasn't yeah because he really he's like i know i'm better than this but something's not right and he didn't have the click and back to like what jesse said maybe he never did anything that gave him the confidence to you know to keep to put it all together um yeah that's i don't know like i said when he was when he was on cycle trader and rock river he did good he had good confidence he was you know, I mean, he was, he had just very promising, but I don't know if I can explicitly blame the bike. You know, I'll blame the team before I blame the bike in most cases. No, Anstey can't blame the bike. Yeah. Yeah. I think his is more of a, uh, experience issue with, with Ansi, you know, but. So well, I, mean, I was saying like with Anstey, like Anstey had the same bike. Oh yeah, he made it into yeah. every main he tried. So yeah. like, yeah, is it a is it a factory KTM four fifty? No, it's not. But it's not also not a bad bike. No, no, and that's uh. So it, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, I know he wasn't. He was a late sign on that team. I think very late. Yeah. Maybe he's. Maybe he just doesn't feel at home, man. I mean, it could be. And it, it, I don't want to say that he took it as like a means to an end, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think that 
he was willing to go privateer. So he signed it, even though he didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that's just kind of floating around in his head that he didn't want to at the beginning. And now he is, and it's hard to find the motivation to do something when that's the mindset that you kind of walked in with, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It'd be, be interesting to see what he does outdoors. Cause I think he did great outdoors. And it, it was a 250, and this is a different class, but um, he's a he's good outdoor all, guy. He, he, you know, 250s, he did all all the rounds, and I, he had some really great outdoor rounds. So I think maybe, I don't know, maybe he'll get it together in this break, and he'll put something together, and he'll do better outdoors, you know, where he where he's getting into every main, effectively, you know, and yeah. can go out there and just lay it out there, and it, it'll bring back his confidence. Yeah, um, well, that and Supercross is such a different animal, too. I mean, especially for a big guy like that. Yeah. I mean, shit, one wreck, you're pretty much screwed for everything. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why it's called like death cross and start cross and, you know, like stuff like that. If, if yeah, you, you don't, don't have, have, you're not battling a Ray and Cade for LCQ finishes and like punting each other off the track, you know? Oh, it's yeah. And then. laughing about it (laughs) yeah right um so it is i mean i don't know i last year like you said he didn't do bad outdoors he's got max that's there with him you know um i don't know maybe maybe he does find a stride on outdoors and him and max can kind of hook up i haven't heard that they're not getting along you know yeah. Max seems like a real easy guy to get along with. I know Brandon is, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Hard we'll to say. Yeah. That's about all we can do. You know, yeah. it's just wait and wait and wait. wait. <laughs> yeah. 12 more days. Um, but I think just as a kind of final finishing thing, you know, we've gone through a lot of people and I'm sitting here looking at the championship and the top 26 guys, um, with Alex Ray being 26th, I think there's only one guy below that that was slated to be at every round at the beginning of the season. Um, every yeah, so 26th and up, they, those are all names every single time I would have said beginning of the season. These are guys that should be in all the main events um, or should be battling for the main events. So under 26th, uh, see in 29th place, Shane McElrath, like favoritism aside, I think anybody here would say this is a guy we were expecting to be in over half the rounds. Um, 100%, man. He came but... in, he put in a hell of a performance that first round back. Yeah. Right. And he had that, ended up having a crappy man event um, after he went down. If I'm not mistaken, that's what went down. Because he went out, he smoked the heat race you know, showed up there. So it's like, yeah, he's, it wasn't just like, Oh, he's doing okay. He's got speed. Like he had speed, you know? And so we were hoping he was going to do something. Then he, he came back and, um, he, he put in the two rounds, Orlando rounds, and that was it. And then his back problems kicked in. And yeah, I think he's the only guy that I was hoping to see a little bit more out of this year that, um, ended up not, not putting it together. Everybody else are kind of guys that you'd expect to be in and out, except for, Norin. Norin was fast as hell in outdoors last year, some rounds. Yeah. And he he is clearly a guy that is not a supercross guy. 
a like lot of these we, guys. We touched a guys a few guys tonight that are like, oh no, these aren't supercross guys; they're motocross guys. Norin is clearly not a supercross guy. I think if you come from anything MX and you're not a young kid like the Lawrence brothers, mm-hmm. just you're only show up to Supercross to fulfill your contract requirements, man. Yeah. I think <laughs> if know? it weren't for the fact that he and Anstey were literally side by side in multiple outdoor rounds last year, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have probably said anything about it. You know, they love talking about Fast Freddy. But seeing Anstey do as well as he did and then Norris Plus do it so comparatively worse, it's like Okay, well, no, Anstey can maybe adapt to Supercross, but Norn is clearly just not a Supercross guy because he Norn is also really good outdoors, doing everything out of pocket and out of a van for Supercross too. Where last year I think he was running for Babbitts, wasn't he? He was on a team. I thought he was on a team this year. Nah, he was. Uh, they were talking about signing him to Team Faith, but that fell through. So he's been privateering it, I think. Oh. I think. Right? Hit up the old Google machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was on uh, on a team. Uh, he was... Uh, it looks like he's just... He was in... With, he's got sponsors, but... Um, yeah. He was in negotiations to go with Team Faith, but it fell through at the beginning of the season. And I don't remember seeing any Team Faith bikes. I remember seeing their rig there. But I don't remember seeing any Team Faith guys in the mains. But, I mean, that's got to be tough, especially if you don't grow up doing anything with Supercross, to just be like, all right, well, I'm going to go run my own program for Supercross, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're better off showing up on the XC1 row of a GNCC, you know? Like, with how foreign it probably feels. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he and he and uh well I guess where was Oh Rodbell ended up not getting points. Rodbell was a guy that I was expecting to get some points and he didn't get any points. He was fast at that Atlanta round I went to. There was this yeah. guy there, not picking on him because he, he wore it like he was really proud of it. But he had a Rodbell jersey. He was a big guy, like bigger than me. Um big old country boy had a Rodbell jersey, no sleeves on it. It was just all in. And Rod Bell was doing really good that night until he crashed out. And it was, it was really like, it was exciting to see him get so excited. And then all of a sudden, like, Rod Bell crashed out and he got really sad. Oh, yeah. Because he was all in on Team Rod Bell, man. Um, I, I don't mind Rod he Bell. He's one of my, one of my preferred privateers, I guess. You know, like if I'm at the track and they're running like an LCQ or qualifying or something like that, I'm always mm-hmm. cheering for him, you know? That's. Well, he had some knee injuries stuff at the beginning of the season too. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's about uh, that's about it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't have too much. Um, I feel like we covered everything pretty decent. I'm sure mm-hmm. if we didn't, people would let us know. Or at least uh, we just on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, we got to get together with with Jesse and do some some preview show action. Um, also, uh, working on getting some some cool guests in here. I think uh, Jesse has pretty much hit up half of the field for GNCC, Motocross, and Supercross. Um, so, yeah, so we're working on that. Um, 
I don't know. I'm going to try to get a guest in studio maybe next week uh, following the John Penton GNCC. I'm going to see if I can get one of my one of my buddies down here and uh, do some GNCC stuff and kind of the uh, the dead week there that we have, you know. Um, see what's going on, though. I don't know. I'll have to let you know and, and everybody else know probably right around the same time but I'm going to work on it this week. So we are working on on getting some guests in and stuff like that, and we will uh, we'll see how that goes. I think Jesse's got some cool ones lined up already. So stay tuned for all of that fun stuff. Um, he's got some, some real cool privateers coming in because uh, why not? Everybody likes privateers, man. That's I prefer talking to to privateers even when i go to the tracks or or stuff like that like i oh, did we did we decide on that we're definitely doing a new privateer segment can we talk about that are we gonna wait and wait and maybe I, just introduce it i just work here man oh. i i haven't heard mm-hmm. much about it so i think i'm just i think i'm just gonna you're getting excited dude. yeah i'm well because jesse teased the potential name for it and i think it's hilarious and i think we'll just wait i'm gonna hold out it'll be yeah. funny when, it'll be funny when it happens We'll let Jesse play that card when it comes, man. Yeah. We can't take all his fun away, you know. Oh, that's good. Although, good. did you see he was trying to take all your fun away, hiring like an army of interns to do all your all your stats, dude? Oh, oh you no, read the comments. More more numbers, more numbers. Like they get pulled for me, the more analysis I can do on the stats, right? That's oh. half the that's half the problem. Is it takes you all the time to to pull them because like the they've got a database of the stats, but going through and like pulling them all it's it takes forever um, oh yeah i've got like a whole list of things i want to look up but each one of them takes so long uh you gotta, <laughs> gotta take your time figuring it out you know what oh you, yeah know what you want to look up yeah get a bunch of people to pull it together and then we can figure it out oh yeah that's uh speaking of uh taking some time please do not forget like comment share and subscribe hit that little the little belly thing that's on the old book of faces Oh yeah, um, subscribe on Facebook now, like you can on YouTube, or sometime soon. I don't know if it's up now, but I don't do know. I don't so you get the reminder when we go. Oh yeah, that's what it is—the bell, the reminder when we go live. Sure. Yeah, you're sitting there on your phone in the toilet, and being like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, they're all, literally they're, they're they're talking live. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, if you listen while you're crapping. No, that's I'm doing that right now, dude. The old what? bumper dumper, dude. No. Uh... <laughs> please don't forget like comment share and subscribe stop on over to the uh brotacofoods.com give the uh yeah when you get it you got to do the old shaka dude brotacofoods.com use code pttg for 20 percent off uh don't forget to follow sean on the old facebook and instagram he's always posting up cool stuff that he makes um I like watching his food videos and some of his, his ride pictures and stuff like that. And he's a great photographer as well. So no lack of uh, entertainment on, on his social media as well. Uh, Sunstar sprockets and chains, uh, sunstar dash breaking.com email support, support at sunstar dash breaking.com. Use anything to do with PTTG in the email, uh, get 30% off your order. Nova Pro Media. I don't have a cool graphic for them, um, but they're the ones that uh, 
they get everything done behind the scenes for us uh do a lot of the cool stuff get us hooked up with with all the restream technology and all the cool gizmos and gadgets uh for all your uh your media and marketing needs hit up novapro.media which i think that's pretty cool it's not just like dot com or dot net it's dot media like you say it with some infliction dot media <laughs> you know very enthusiastic about it oh yeah also don't forget to stop over at power then over to the ground.com that is power to the ground.com when the race season gets going play against me tiller and jesse and some pickums uh we definitely talk smack the discord we definitely talk smack you can i think you can find the discord on power to the ground.com i know you can definitely find it on power to the ground podcast on facebook uh, I think Jesse has it pinned up there. Don't forget to stop over there. Say hi to us in Discord. Uh, we're constantly doing something in there, I feel like. There's always races being streamed, whether it's cross-country or we got to figure out. Well, I got to wake up early enough in the mornings to throw up some of the some of the GP races up there. Um, but I'm usually on there for the GNCCs. We'll also do some of the... Uh, the pro stuff, uh, Supercross, Motocross on there. We're always talking about it. We're always sharing stuff. Anything from from cooking recipes to suspension setups, man. So it's a great time. Come Other talk than that, GP with me. Yeah, that's. I gotta get back into it, man. A couple years ago, I knew everything about everyone, and now I'm kind of like, I, I got out of it. I got super busy. I need to get back into it, man, for sure. I've been all over the place the past couple weekends. I haven't been sitting at the computer to watch the races. So oh, yeah. coming up, we'll be back where I can, like we can, I can, uh, somebody can watch it with me in the discord. They want. Yeah, I'll definitely try. That's a, uh, what is it? I think GNCC start right around two o'clock in the afternoon. I think oh, yeah. Moto GP is, they Six, come on seven, pretty early in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So Man, coming up here in the next couple of weekends, we might end up uh, racing all day, <laughs> you know, especially oh, when, oh, Two yeah. Wheels. Oh, I'm not complaining. But it's uh, mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly, laptop-friendly, tablet-friendly. Discord is definitely some cross-platform greatness. Um, friendly. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, It's definitely fun. <laughs> we get into some discussions that might not be as friendly, you know, but it's... Uh, it's it's all in good fun and that's we all it's, make up. oh yeah it's it's mostly just me jesse and tiller talking crap to each other um but we love it so other than that i don't have much man what about you that's about it that's about it appreciate everybody hanging out listening to us watching us um come join us on the discord and hang out more often oh yeah and that's uh I'll probably jump on and do some cool stuff this weekend on the on the Discord. Um, I will be at the John Penton over in uh, it's just north of here for the GNCC. I'll be there for the uh, for the ATVs. Sunday is usually my family day. I like to kick it with my kids because I I get around a lot, so hang out with those guys. Um, so I miss the bike sometimes, but jump on over on the Discord, hang out with us, and then. Uh, other than that, what? Oh, we got the Road to Recovery fundraiser going on on the old Facebook right now. Oh yeah, come check for that my, out. Yeah, for my uh, my old man birthday every year, you know, so try old. to do something back for uh, 
Yes, Doug gets around Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a. It's a. My friends always joke that I'm a. I'm a two dollar whore at a truck stop, man. That's. I'm always getting around somehow. Here but it's uh. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh. Yeah. So, stop on over uh, if you'd like to. Uh, we're running a fundraiser for Road to Recovery for my birthday. So, trying to trying to get some stuff done on that and. If you're familiar with the sport or action sports in general, you know what Road to Recovery is. Um, they do great things, so we'd appreciate it. Other than that, I uh, will catch up with you guys next Monday. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we have some awesome stuff to talk about. I'm sure we will. If not, we'll, we'll just BS. Yeah, yeah, we'll just BS for two hours, man. Sometimes those are the best shows. <laughs> yeah. So we'll catch you all later. Peace. Peace.